Proverbs 18 and verse 21 states that words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. Mark Twain said it takes two years to learn to talk and the rest of your life to control your mouth. Amen. Um, I want to read this to you because I thought it was good because today I sit up there and, and Abe, you're right, I, I meditate stuff in scriptures and, and sometimes I know God is speaking just to me because I'm a work in progress just like you. And then sometimes I know he's, he's, when I'm reading, something will just jump out at me, a certain phrase or even just a word. And I'll know, yep, that's the direction I need to go. <clears throat> and this week when I was studying about the tongue, because I told um, Dean that I was going to uh, finish James chapter 3, and we're going to go on, and, and we will go on, I just didn't have an unction to do that. And I don't know if you're going to like my unction today. That's why I think the Holy Spirit's trying to soften hearts this morning and Get everybody to be quiet and be still so you'll listen to what I have to say. And I'm not going to give it all to you today for the sake of time. We'll just pick up next week. But this is the subject that we're going to deal with this morning and probably next week. And it's about using your tongue to complain. I'm just going to be still now. And know that you are God. That's scripture. Because everyone in this room at times. Let me ask you this. And maybe how many of you this week think you complained about something? Yeah. And for some reason, we as Christians, we can be stupid. And we can do things and think it's okay with God. Oh, it's adultery and, and, and you know, stealing and all these things that are sin. And the thing that hit me did this week is complaining is, is sin. When you and I complain, we're sinning. Now, that's a strong thing, isn't it? When we complain and we're using our tongues to complain, we're sinning, you know, and we can get on other people and say they're this and we can judge them for that, this and judge them for that when we ourselves are complaining. And, you know, there's a lot in the Bible that I, I found this and I, I read this and I couldn't believe this. What I'm about to tell you is true. It's amusing. And it's, it's entitled, The Uglies Are Complaining. According to a United Press International write-up, The Uglies, picketed an American airline ticket office in protest of alleged discrimination in hiring when they advertise for good-looking people. Danny McCoy, president of Uglies. Now, I've heard of... The president of Uglies Unlimited. I've heard of Ducks Unlimited, but never Uglies Unlimited. 
Let 18 uglies from his organization form to fight bias social structures that discriminate against ugly people. We just want to be accepted for who we are instead of what we look like, said McCoy. We talked to, uh, to employment agencies who say it is much easier to place attractive persons. The problem is most flagrant in newspaper advertising, which says such things as attractive receptionists or pretty secretary needed. McCoy said the Fort Worth Uglies is the first group of its kind in the country. He started a campaign to spread its message across the nation. McCoy estimates that up to 10% of the American public are widely considered to be ugly. There's, however, no standard definition of ugliness, according to lawyers. To some people, irregular features such as discolored skin or large nose qualify. Others consider such conditions as fatness and baldness unattractive, so I'm ugly. See? Can you see it? My kids and my wife remind me all the time, so I'm ugly. And so the complaint goes on. That's, That's silly, isn't it? What's so sad, it's true. Not the ugly part, but that there are people out there that think they're ugly. The sad thing is, it's not so much physical as it is what's on the inside. And I'll tell you what, there are a lot of ugly people on the inside out there that need Jesus. But we complain. We said our tongue reveals our level of maturity. So you can get around somebody, listen to them long enough, and you can recognize and discern how mature they are in God. Your tongue reveals the condition of your heart, for out of the abundance of the heart, what's in here comes out here. Your tongue, number three, rules your actions and gives direction. If you're young, and this applies to anybody of any age, any believer, any Christian, you can use your tongue to bring direction to your life. You can use your tongue to help you fulfill your spiritual destiny in God. Then on the other hand, you can use your tongue, for in it are life and death, blessing or cursing. You can ruin everything for yourselves. Now listen, this is what I want you to see today. This is the bottom line. A Christian who uses his or her tongue to complain reveals a discontentment with God's will and expresses an unbelief that prevents one from doing what truly pleases God. So if you're complaining all the time, say, I I know you're going to leave here complaining (laughs) about this message, but I have to do it. I have to tell you. How many many have ever worked within... Anybody here ever work in a factory? Kathy... Kathy was talking to somebody that worked at, where was it, BD in Columbus. You, she worked there when she was going in college and during the summer. And she said how catty the women were and how they just bickered and complained. And, and she talked to somebody that's still there. And the person said, told her how the people just complain and bicker. Factory. And if you're not careful who you hang with, Who you are around will come upon you. Pretty soon you'll start talking like them, complaining like them, using your tongue against the employer, 
Amen? You know, if I had a dollar every time somebody complained about the preacher, I'd retire right now and, Bradley, you can take over. I want you to stop and think today what you're using your tongue for. Yes, I don't mean to, to, to state the fact that we're all using our tongues incorrectly, but we need to use our tongues and, and bless others and not complain about things. But when you and I complain, it's just as I said, it reveals a discontentment. And the Scripture says we need to be content. Paul said that. Read Philippians. We need to be content in who we are, what we have. There's a real dissatisfaction, and it's not just in unbelievers, but in believers, in Christians, not satisfied with what they have. That's why, you know, they charge everything on a charge card, and pretty soon they're in debt. They're not satisfied. They want more. I was going to do this, but I didn't want to ask the wife for $20 from the church account to do this because I knew if I did this and whoever won the $20, the rest of you complain. So I'm not going to do it. I was going to give $20 to anyone who could answer this question. What was the first account of someone complaining in the Bible? Let's see who wins the 20, pretend $20. The first account. When's the first time? Whoa, I'm poor now. I don't have money. That's right. What do you complain about? The woman you gave me. And then the woman said, the serpent gave it to me, told me to do the blame game, right? The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. The serpent deceived me, Eve said, and I ate. Neither were accountable for their actions. And I want you to know, God does not help people who are not responsible or accountable for their actions. You'll be standing by the roadside praying to your blue in the face, God will not help you. And you know the thing is, Adam and Eve's offspring, the nation of Israel, didn't learn anything. Because you go through the Old Testament, and all they did was what? Complain. Complain means this, to claim or express pain or displeasure. To claim or express pain or displeasure, to find fault and to declare annoyance or to make an accusation. That's what complain means. Look at Numbers 11. Numbers chapter 11. Why do you think I'm talking about complaining? I, I just believe the Spirit of God. You know, we, we say this all the time. I say it all the time. Teach me what I do not see. Sometimes we just don't see things about ourselves, and we need to be reminded. I'll give you some, we're not going to get very far here, but I'm going to give you some results of complaining. What happens when you and I complain? 
right here. This is important. Numbers 11. Are you there? Verse 1 says, now when the people complained, finish it for me. It displeased the Lord. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. Now listen. For the Lord, what? Heard it. And his anger was aroused. So number one, it displeases God. Your complaining and my complaining displeases God. Number two, he hears it. What do we think when we say things with our mouth? We just get the, we, we deceive ourselves in thinking God didn't hear that. How stupid can we be? If you're a born-again believer, the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're born of His Spirit. Christ lives in you. So how can we think God doesn't hear our complaints? And then the, the third thing, it says His what? Anger was aroused. And you go back, and this is interesting, in the Hebrew I looked that up and it talks about the flaring of the nose. With Clint Eastwood, it's what? I twitch. But in the Hebrew, it's the nose begins to flare up because you're what? Angry. So do you think your complaining and my complaining pleases God? No, it doesn't. Here in Numbers 11, the, the people are complaining, and their basic complaint is you go through Exodus and uh, into Numbers, and they complain because they didn't have the leeks and the onions and the garlic and everything else, the vegetables that they had while they were in bondage in Egypt. And so they get out of Egypt. God delivers them miraculously. And how many times has God delivered you and me? And we forget that he's a miracle-working God, and we forget what he's done for us in the past, and we're complaining about the fact we don't have... Um, we, we need a new restaurant in this city. Well, that's our family's complaint. But they weren't satisfied. They were discontented. And that's what, remember what complain means. It means you're not content. Well, Israel complained about the need for meat, and then Moses goes on. Don't, don't, don't think that your leadership doesn't complain. Don't think pastors are immune from complaining. Some are better at it than others. I've been known to be good at complaining. Ask my wife. But the complaining that Israel brought against, the, you know, the fact that they didn't have the, the right kind of food, the right restaurant to dine in, and, and Moses began to complain, the people you gave me, Lord, the people you gave me. Have I ever complained about you? Yeah. Don't look at me so shocked. Of course I have. Some of you have complained more than others. I wonder who that is. Just be a good sheep. 
Be a good sheep. Then the preacher, Moses, won't have to complain. But they're complaining. Now, listen, you can go on in the end of this chapter, brought judgment, brought a great plague, and many died with the meat between their teeth. So the results of complaining, God hears it, it displeases him, and it angers him. One more. Number two, it reveals a lack of faith in God. It reveals, when you and I complain, it reveals a what? A lack of what? Faith. If Israel had been delivered, went through the Red Sea, God provided miraculously water from the rock. At one point, Moses threw a tree in the waters and it was made sweet. Manna rained down from heaven. He blew in quail to eat. And they still complained. But how many of you have been blessed in a great way in your lifetime or had a miracle in your life that blessed you? Spiritual, physical, financial miracle. But from that point on, did you ever complain? It's just in the DNA, isn't it? In the human nature that we want to complain. But it reveals a lack of faith in God. Israel complained in Exodus chapter 15, Exodus chapter 16, and Exodus chapter 17. I said, he threw a tree into the water. It was made sweet. Water came out of a rock, manna from heaven. But they still complained after God had blessed them. But then we come to Numbers 11 here again, and they're complaining. But what happened at the end of the chapter? What did I just tell you? There was a great what? Plague. How come there wasn't a great plague in Exodus 15, 16, and 17? How come God just didn't smite him right then? Because he gives you and I mercy. He gives you you and I an opportunity. Now listen, to grow up and use our tongue correctly. Do you know the times I have blown it? Anyone here in this room blown it before or just me? And I get through, and I get on my knees, and I, Father, forgive me, forgive me for what I said, for what I did, and He does forgive me. But there comes a point in our lives where He expects us to grow up, and it was—it's no different for the nation of Israel. It's no different for you and I as born-again believers. He expects you and I to grow, and He expects you and I to use this little member correctly. Look at one more scripture, and then I promise we'll quit. and We'll let you go. And if you're not here next week, I'll know you didn't like what I said. Just kidding. Psalm 106. You know, messages like this, you'd rather hear something about a budget, wouldn't you? I'd rather hear about this myself. <laughs> Psalm 106, we need a budget. Say, I need a budget. You young people need the budget. I'll I'll say one thing about Caleb and Kaylee. They're getting married, and they're going to start their married life debt-free pretty much, except for education. That's pretty good. You get your wedding and your rings and everything paid for, that's a pretty good deal. 
That's the way we need to be. Amen. He, some of mothers rubbed off on him. That's good. Psalm 106, verse 24. This is, again, referring to the nation of Israel. It says, they despised the pleasant land. They despised the what? Pleasant land. They despised their... They, they had a flippant attitude. They didn't care about their inheritance. And it says here, what I just talked about, when you complain, you reveal a lack of faith in God. It says they did not what? Believe his word, but what? Complained where? At church? At home? Yes, at home. They complained in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. Now listen, therefore God raised up his hand in an oath against them to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their descendants among the nations and to scatter them in the lands. They complained, and what did they end up doing for 40 years? Round the mountain, round the mountain, round the mountain. Why? Because of their tongue, that little member right here. They despised their inheritance and disobeyed. The Living Bible says they refused to enter the promised land, for they wouldn't believe his solemn oath to care for them. Instead, not like this part, instead they pouted in their tents. They pouted in their tents and mourned and despised his command. Yep. Living Bible in 1 Corinthians 10 says all these things happen to them as examples, as object lessons to us to warn us against doing the same thing. What's, what are we talking about? What are, what are we warning you today about that God warned the nation of Israel about? Complaining. They were written down so that we could read about them and learn from them in these last days as the world nears its end. So be careful. If you're thinking, oh, I would never behave like that. I'd never complain. Let this be a warning to you, for you too may fall into sin. Isaiah 29 verse 24 says, and we've used this scripture. I've given this scripture to, to parents when they had rebellious children. Those that have erred in spirit shall come to understanding. Those that have murmured shall learn doctrine. But this is the translation of the NIV. Those in error will believe the truth. And complainers will be willing to be taught. Complainers will be willing to be taught. So what do you do when you pray for son? How do you pray for a complainer? That he's willing or she's willing to be taught. Oh, pastor, I'm never going to complain again after this message. Give me a break. I wish. Some of you be complaining before you even hit the parking lot. It's just that's who we are. But what I'm saying, let's, let's be sensitive. I started this service this morning trying to get you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, trying to be, get you to quiet down. Don't use your tongue sometimes when you're in worship. So we're ending this today telling you to use your tongue correctly. You know, the things I've said today hit home with some of you. That's why it's so quiet in here today. I'm never going to pray, Holy Spirit, teach me what I do not see. 
God, I wish all of you were like Gunner. He smiles at me. He just gets this boyish grin on it. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. I'm going to, can you teach the rest of these folks how to do that, how to smile? Is it just because you're done with high school? Is that why you're grinning? Yeah, we need to smile. Let's stand on our feet this morning so I don't keep rambling.